Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Season two, episode 50, 50, 50 clean trip. Right? This isn't 51, this is just 50. Uh, mm-hmm. what's up, everybody? BD here, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody, Jamie Girac. Good morning, and Aaron Perrine. I'm still not over the Barbie trailer. Yeah, yeah, Simuliu, <laughs> Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling. What's not to what, what, what is to be over? Uh, all right, guys. We have this is our last MCU news show of the year. Next week, it's all about the most marvelous moments of 2022. We're each going to bring you our top three favorites. So you're going to get a dozen, maybe even a baker's, if Richard or Peter want to chime in. Uh, but today, we are going to talk about all the Marvel news we didn't talk about last week because last week we were doing this little rankings episode, which I want to appreciate uh, and thank everybody who was like friendly and kind in the comments and in the responses and shared their lists and to everybody who doesn't listen to the show and went ahead and were rude on the comment section. Glad you're not here, (laughs) but uh, but no, I I think those ranking shows are tons of fun. That was one of my most fun shows of the year with you guys. And I think the audience had a good time watching it and anybody who's negative, we don't have time for that. That's the beauty of it. That's, that's why we have four different people on here because we all have different lists. Doesn't mean anybody's is bad. Um, except mine is better. Uh, so <laughs> honestly, I think Cam had the best list. Honestly, yeah. Cam had a pretty good list. Cam had a pretty good list. I got a couple of the bros uh, tweeting at me, being like, "Hawkeye ten, bro. Why Hawkeye ten, bro?" <laughs> and I was like, "Calm down, bro." Uh, I was a little scared for my life. Thought the tracksuit mafia was going to come for me. Um, <laughs> so if you leave us a five star review with a question, we're going to try to get in the the habit of answering those questions as best we can so go ahead on the podcast uh page the landing page on spotify on apple leave a five-star review and feel free to throw a question in there when we start up 2023's episodes we will answer those because next week is not a news show as i said most marvelous moments so that's going to be marvel news or marvel canon that we're just kind of talking about our favorite things from the year the things that really stuck with us spoilers for the news cycle and this and the movies and shows are allowed uh, and today we have lots of stuff to talk about. We had a trailer we didn't talk about last week. We have news we didn't talk about. And at the end of the show, we're going to talk a bit about all the stuff that's going on with DC, which is just crazy, crazy times uh, in the movie world, crazy times in the DCU. Uh, we're saving that for the end of the show. You can hear more about it on Comic Book Nation on Friday, which is on our same Twitch channel, and it's uh, available on all podcast platforms as well. That's hosted by Kofi, Matt, and Janelle. I know many of you are already familiar with it, but if you're not, 
Uh, I suggest turning into Comic Book Nation this week because they're going to tell you like it is on the DC front. We just want an opportunity to share our opinions as well. It seems like some people are interested in hearing that. All right. Enough about plans. Let's talk about news. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse dropped its trailer and a poster. And there's a lot of spiders everywhere. Enough to burn the whole house down and just buy a new one. So I want to talk about what do we actually think Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is about? Because this trailer doesn't tell you too much. Anybody got a theory they really want to stick to? No. No one does. <laughs> I love not knowing, honestly. Yeah, I love I love just getting vibes from the trailer. I feel like so much of superhero media, and like granted, this movie still has several months before it actually comes out. This could change with the later marketing, but I love going into a superhero movie and not knowing what to expect. I feel like even the original Spider-Verse still had so much surprise that was not included in the marketing at all. So I love that we have no idea. I could maybe guess, but I almost don't want to because I, I know whatever they're going to do is probably going to be really good. For those of y'all in the comments saying that his mom is a goner, I mean, in the comics, that's what happened to Rio early on with, with Miles. So when I was like, ooh, that speech, what's that rustling? It's a Disney Disney mom thing? Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, God. Let these poor sp spider babies just, like, keep their, like, guardians around. It's so sad. Just I'm going to go ahead and guess what this movie might be about because what would this show be if not a theory session uh i for some i don't know why but it seems like spider-man 2099 is like rallying this army of spider-mans to chase miles and maybe the the other o'hara spidey is trying to trying to fend him off i don't really know but that's kind of the only thing i can gather it looks like oscar isaac might not be friendly at first i'm so sorry layla <laughs> he's gonna so come so around yeah. he's too hot not to <laughs> but, also uh, like angry oscar isaac can be you know appealing to some people as well so uh, true maybe kevin feige hired spider-man 2099 to try to stop the spider-man and the hypno hustler and all these other characters from going to the sony <laughs> movie uh i don't really know i just to try to save us from the live action stuff but i don't the this movie uh, the trailer looks dope there's so many spider-mans did you guys have a favorite spidey that you uh that you that you saw I like lost my mind at Bombastic Bagman, which is Spidey who joins the Fantastic Four. He wears a FF suit and a bag over his head. And I lost my mind when I saw that. This entire trailer and then the poster yesterday was just like the Leo meme of it's like a reverse Where's Waldo of like, oh, I, I recognize this person. I recognize that person. I was not pre prepared for Julia Carpenter Spider Woman on the poster. That was super cool. And I loved uh, Issa Rae's Jessica Drew. I love what we saw of her in the trailer. That motorcycle looks amazing. Her costume looks amazing. All of that, I'm just so hyped for. I like uh, seeing Spider-Man Unlimited, Spectacular Spider-Man, and I got to give a big shout-out to Spider-Cat. Yes. Spider-Cat on the poster. Big old shout-out. There's so much weirdness, like, going on that it's like, like she said, like Juno said, it's like, where's Waldo? Like, for real. It could be anywhere. But the part that was the most weird to me was, I know you guys saw the one of them that looks like Tom's suit mm -hmm. that landed the exact same way. And the mm -hmm. whole internet, because there's so much else to sift through, kind of seems like that's flying under the radar because the rumors around this have been that what if this is how you start connecting all of it together? And I mean, 
Sony has proven they don't care. Like, we'll get to it in a second. All, all the parts of Spider-Man get its chance to shine, no matter how obscure they are. So, I don't know. I, I saw that same suit, and I thought, is that Tom Holland? Are they? Is It, it kind of looked like Avengers Campus Spider-Man, but I was like, wait, mm -hmm. but that's based on Tom Holland? So... Does I he have the got the big old gauntlets like the big old web shooters? Campus Spider Man does. Yeah, but I'm saying in the thing, did he have those? Oh, oh, I don't know. We're about to come up on it in the video here, uh, so we can we can try to pause. I don't even know. It's hard to. It is so hard to cipher through all these spideys in this trailer. He's in there somewhere. He's somewhere. But we have a we did a video on the uh, on the Phase Zero channel. I named like 37 different Spider Man. <laughs> Wow. And it took hours. It took hours. I need to watch that video because I was not paying close enough attention to all the... Like, I saw there was a bunch of them, but I was just like, mainly, mainly like, yay, Jessica Drew! <laughs> <laughs> and then like, yay, Oscar Isaac's even hot as a cartoon! And that was kind of as far as I got. Well, you got like the the, the armored Spider-Man that looks like the suit from the Ends of the Earth comic is showing up in there. The Fortnite Zero War Spider-Man seems to be showing up. Uh, Cyborg Spider-Woman zombie spider-man might be in there i mean it just seems like it honestly i don't think most of these characters are going to matter i think like for the large majority they're just going to be eye candy for people who who have spent time with spider-man in various mediums but some of them are going to matter and that's going to be cool that's going to be cool all right anything else about spider-verse before we move on my like want... oh go ahead oh i was gonna say i just want give me a spider-man noir cameo i, I I'm, I'm just gonna be really <laughs> sad if i don't get a little nick cage yeah in my life my two like pie in the sky hopes for like the alternate spider-man there's there's the one that is um aunt may as spider-man i really want them to do that like that would be really cool to kind of continue the thread of her in the first movie and then there is literally a spider-man who is just a sentient pile of spiders who like oh, a, he yeah. just assembles into a like spider-man shaped blob if they did that in some sort of way, even if it was just like a throwaway joke, I would be so happy because that is like the pinnacle of just like weird Spider-Man. So, That'd be cool. Yeah. Listen, they did Spider-Ham. Nothing's yeah. off limits. Oh, <laughs> uh, that now now I'm be disappointed if we get anything less. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's keep it moving. It's more so, more from whatever Spider-Verse thing you want to call it. Sony Spider-Man universe continues to be evolving. Um, Donald Glover will produce and star in a movie it is currently untitled but it will be based on the spider-man villain hypno hustler um so hypno hustler is a disco themed musician villain who has like musical instruments that he uses to brainwash people and like manipulate people and then rob them um this movie is being written by miles murphy who is um, eddie murphy's son and Everyone is extremely confused about this movie because it's like, this feels like another El Muerto situation. This feels like another just like Sony just picking stuff out of nowhere. I weirdly think that this movie makes the most sense out of a lot of what the decisions that Sony have made, because this feels like the type of thing you don't need a Spider-Man or the absence of a Spider-Man for this movie to work. I think like when you just take out the concept of like a black musician dealing with like you know, robbing white people who like don't understand his music or whatever, that could potentially be a cool movie in and of itself. So I just love this choice. I think it is so weird, but I just think it's cool that we're at this point. So what do y'all think about it? I'm down for Donald Glover to just give us uh, Cadillac Records and get on, get on up mixed together with like a heist movie that doesn't, like you said, that doesn't need Spider-Man in it. Um, I... I I do like that if he's like, say one nice thing about Sony in between other things. <laughs> uh, I do like that they're willing to make 
risks or make choices that are strange and have stylistic variation between the movies. Uh, and this is certainly that. We'll see if it actually comes out. It was a long way away. Uh, my instinct is to like be sad that we're not going to see him again as Aaron. But but then I'm like, I didn't I didn't really know this character, and so everything I've heard this week, I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to see this movie. This sounds perfect. Let's get it. Uh, it's the first time in a long time that there's been like a Sony announcement that I'm like, I'm, that's that's not the animated stuff that I'm like, I'm listening. Uh, and he's he's just so good, and I'm we're not getting him back as soul uh, as Lando anytime soon. So give me this. Yeah, definitely bummed. He's not going to be Prowler in the MCU, but you know it sounds like they Sony might actually have one here. I mean, there's certainly more meat to this character from comics than there is for Amorto. As much as I love Bad Bunny, I think Bad Bunny's very talented and basically like next in line to take over the entertainment world, or should be. Uh, I think Donald Glover is one of the most talented people on the planet. So with him involved, I'm just like, well, hopefully, A, this movie actually happens, and B, is as good as uh, Donald Glover's talent would uh, could allow it to be. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I don't know. These, these, these Sony offshoots are, they are what they are. I'm yet to really buy into one. Um, I bought into Morbius with that trailer. <laughs> I was severely burned, and I also saw the two Venom movies before that. So at, that was at, on oh, you. <laughs> listen, at over three with the last three that Sony made independently of Marvel Studios, I'm reluctantly excited. The chat is now mad that you dunked on Morbius. Oh my god! <sighs> also, I just it's will say, so bad. I I just want to say with like the Prowler of it all, I never expected him to come back as Prowler. Like, honestly, like I feel like that could have been a thing that could have eventually happened down the line. But I feel like after Homecoming and after how little of a role that he had, I felt like we never were really going to get to that point. I had resigned myself to that fact. So I get why people are kind of upset. But that was the thing to me. I feel like that that door probably closed a very long time ago. That's the same movie, just so we all are aware of what I go through on a daily basis. That's the same movie where Avengers Tower was sold. So I think we should just give up on both, really. I cannot wait to be on Twitter when they release the criteria on Morbius. I can't wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's keep it moving. All right. What do we got next here? Um, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Hugh Jackman uh, had an interesting new uh, comment about the MCU time travel. Uh, I was talking to the Jess Cagle show, and this is what he said. All because of this device they have in the Marvel world of moving around timelines, now we can go back because, you know, it's science. So I don't have to screw with the Logan timeline, which was important to me. And I think probably to the fans, too. So, yeah, they've kind of made this clear a bunch, which is like we're not messing with, with Logan, even if this takes place before. It could be a different timeline whatever i think they're just like like they're they're really making clear like logan exists uh what do you guys think i'm not surprised at all like I, i'm I, I, every detail about this is interesting and exciting to me because this is one of the projects i'm most excited for i mean and it's not close like there's probably three up and above everything else and this is one of those three uh but yeah uh makes sense I, i'm curious if they're going to use that same time travel device that deadpool used in the in the credit scene that cable brought to him or if they're going to have to find a way to do it or if the owen wilson mobius stuff ends up being a factor and you know the tva starts time traveling with them or something i don't know maybe there's I, I think i said this on the show before maybe they're so impressed with what deadpool did in that credit scene that instead of hunting him down as we all expect they will they try to hire him 
and ends up being like a TVA, you know, clean up the timeline situation movie. But I don't know how big they're going to go. Maybe you get Halle Berry back at Storm and you got to go recruit her and all this. I don't know. But there's some cool stuff that could happen. Who? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> limitless and I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I just I expected nothing less like his comments basically confirm what we've already been saying of like I am just withholding my judgment of any specifics of like the time travel and the canon of it until I actually start seeing the movie because I feel like there's so many ways they can go with it it could be what I wanted multiverse of madness to actually be just going a whole bunch of different timelines don't do this to yourself again I was about to say (laughs) we're like two years out from this movie you're gonna be building it like they haven't even filmed a lick of footage and you're already building it up a little bit (laughs) I know you're right you're right right. (laughs) I shouldn't expect good things no all right all right moving on James Cameron y'all heard that name before y'all ever heard that name James Cameron done a couple uh, indie films, uh, little projects, loves sequels and franchises. Uh, actually, he does love sequels. He's pretty good at them. Uh, all right, so James Cameron. I did an interview with James Cameron. Everybody knows about this by now. Uh, I asked him uh, if Marvel and DC and Star Wars and all the things we talk about at comicbook.com, because that's my job is to talk about the things my audience talks about, uh, whether he sees the VFX and the boom that has happened in comic book movies and movies in general since the first Avatar, which was in 2009. Since then, yes, we had comic book movies before that. Since then, we've had a lot more. So I said, do you see the VFX in these movies as a challenge to meet that bar that they're setting and exceed it and keep raising it? Uh, and he had some words. Now, before we play this clip, this went viral. On every, I mean, it was on Deadline, THR. We didn't frame it this way on Comic Book. Uh, I talked about it on Instagram this way because at first this was how I took it. But he talks about Thanos. And Thanos was made by Weta. Weta is the same visual effects studio behind Avatar The Way of Water. So everybody took this as he's jabbing at Thanos. I actually can't tell what, what's happening here. But I want you to listen to this. Through that, through that kind of lens on your ears, where that filter is he insulting Thanos or is he complimenting Thanos? Just let's play this clip here, real quick. I just want to say ahead of time that I'm not going to diss the Marvel or the DC universe. Oh, no, okay? no, oh, no, absolutely love those, not. Love those movies. Oh, let's I, just I, get that off the table. Now, you mentioned Marvel and DC and, you know, all these comic books. Since the first Avatar, there's been a boom in comic book films. Sure. Very visual effects heavy films. Yes. I'd love to hear, do you see, like, anything that they're doing there and think of it as kind of motivation to continue raising the bar or even a challenge to meet it and exceed it? Look, what happens is the more people are doing visual effects around, and obviously the big comic comic book superhero films have been driving the, the sheer volume of the industry, right? And the, the, the rising tide of technique raises everybody together. It gives you higher quality artists. You've got more tools and plugins and, and, and code. You've got more talented people writing code and simulations and all that sort of thing out there. And then, you know, as we're putting our team together and as Weta uh, uh, Digital is constantly having to, you know, have new hires and so on, it's coming out of that pool. So it improves, it improves everything together. Now, that said, Weta effects, as it's now known, is the best, right? I mean, ILM does does great work, but when it comes to the kind of emotive facial stuff that we're doing, I mean, Thanos, come on, 
Give me a break. You saw this movie. It's not even close. Okay. I think that was definitely pro Thanos. Yeah. It first seems of, like he, right? He, first of all, he literally starts off saying, I'm not going to diss them. So that's a first indicator. But also, I, he's saying they're the best, and they cre- if they created him, I, I think, hands down, he was being pro Thanos and uh and James Cameron said some dumb stuff recently that makes me want to crawl into a hole but uh this I'm I'm siding with Cameron I think he was being positive it's just the 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 way here's the thing the way he says it comes off maybe it's just how James Cameron's personality is I don't know he was very polite and 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 gentle like very nice to me when we went before and after the interview but he says thanos give me a break you saw this movie and it's like wait a second okay so are you saying like you guys are leagues ahead of thanos or is it like thanos give me a break we did that and you saw this movie (laughs) that that's how i took it yeah i because also like i was thinking back because like i interviewed a couple like a month or so ago i interviewed some of the vfx people on she hulk who had also worked on thanos in endgame and they kind of talked about how doing 12 minutes of thanos in endgame versus doing 45 minutes total of she hulk across the first season was like two completely different ball games and so i think i almost see his comment as kind of like thanos as as like technologically impressive as he is is not the entire focus of the entire movie like i think it's more the magnitude of the cgi of what was in avatar seems to outdo and like just purely based on screen time seems to outperform what thanos is about but i agree with his thing about like the technology aspect because like going back to she hulk they like the people i talked to basically mentioned how they had to create new technology to basically figure out how her clothes fit on her body and how certain specifics of that work so i i do like i like that he said it the way that he did of just like every new project finds a new way to like make the vfx industry better but yeah i don't see it as a diss on thanos i don't know Aaron, would you hear? Is the dress blue or is the dress black? I saw Kofi make that joke in the comments. That's funny as all get out. As the person who wrote this up for the site, I did not take it as negative. So when I see all the spins coming out of it where it was like him dunking, I was like, did we listen to the same clip? This is a Laurel Yanny situation. <laughs> yeah, there's another. <laughs> Never tell. Like History would indicate he's dunking on Marvel. However... It doesn't seem like he actually like. It, it, there's a pretty good chance here. I think in a weirdly worded and delivered tone, he complimented Thanos, but it sounded like he was saying we're better than Thanos. But I think what he was saying was Thanos is great. You know it. You saw what we did here. It's also great. You know it. Like he's not even he's he's making. And I think you know it is already implied with everything James Cameron says. Uh, but if anything, yeah. I heard a bit of a diss on ILM. Uh, certainly yeah. i think we should talk about yeah, that yeah, yeah. Like, cool, yeah. but... r.i.p star wars uh <laughs> yeah no i found that interesting and i wanted to talk about it here because i haven't really had a chance to talk about that uh and i i i, I heard it at first that when i was in the room i was like damn bro you really did just have to take a shot but even then we didn't we didn't even word it as that but then you know i saw deadline and uh everyone else thank you for picking it up variety very cool to be named in your article uh that said i think i don't know that uh, he was hating on marvel and i'm scared the next time if i'm ever so fortunate you know i sit across from james cameron he's gonna be like you're the son of a bitch who got me set up with the marvel thing because i watched jake hamilton and like 10 years ago he interviewed james cameron and cameron remembered him and i'm like oh, oh wow oh no i think that uh, all just depends on how online james cameron is like if he's aware of the trades oh, and the comic book burners. fandom <laughs> maybe yeah that would be- i feel like he doesn't have burners 
there he has said things that I think will be ahead of the like I feel like he's got other fires to put out. Yeah. Um I want you guys to know that Kofi is in my messages trying to get me to see Avatar 2. <laughs> <laughs> and I want you all to know that Tony's going to see it tonight and I'll be at home watching Titanic to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the true masterpiece about nice. water and James <laughs> Richard and I and, and Liam Crowley went to Denver this weekend uh, and we went snowboarding and on Saturday night we went to go see Avatar The Way of Water because we couldn't not give our $75 to Disney the corporation needs it of course uh liam and i already saw the movie richard had it granted now listen it was a late screening and we went snowboarding all day i sat down i watched the previews and i blinked and there was 30 minutes left oh so that's all that so i i <laughs> that happened and that I, and I, think it's, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have seen it already and i knew how long it was when that when i blinked um so that did, that did happen but no disrespect that's just that's just me. I think it's a good movie, visually even better. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, I, I really do want to really quick want to say that Kofi wants to, me to clarify that he wants me to see it so that I can dislike it and rant about it. But I don't want this negativity in my life. I'd rather just not see it. I do. He's not trying to say see it because you'll like it. He's saying see it so you can be miserable for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. All right, let's talk about Ant-Man. All right, let's talk let's talk about Ant-Man. Shifting gears to a much smaller stakes conflict. Um Peyton Reed talked to EW about metaphorically kicking in Kevin Feige's door to get him to make Ant-Man the Wasp Panamania an Avengers level story. So he said, "People felt like, oh, these are fun little palate cleansers after a gigantic Avengers movie." For the third one, I said, I don't want to be the palate cleanser anymore. I want to be the big Avengers movie when I when I grew up, you know, to be a real comics nerd. And there are a handful of antagonists in the Marvel Comics universe who are all-timers. Loki, Doctor Doom, and Kang the Conqueror, for starters. Uh, in conversation with Kevin Feige and Marvel, it was like, I want to put Ant-Man and the Wasp up against a really formidable villain in this movie. So we're doing Kang the Conqueror. God bless you, Peyton Reed. I feel like those doors are expensive. From what we've heard about Marvel security, I'm sure that kicking in the door was not met well, unless you're Scarlett Johansson or uh, Tatiana Maslany. Um, are you happy that he beat down the block to get Ant-Man up to the big leagues where he might get squished? Hell yeah. I like hearing this. Uh for sure. Uh, because like both Ant-Man movies are cute and they're fun, but they're pretty low in my ranking just because there are just there's better there are better movies. This is it is, it's like a pal it is a palate cleanser. It's a it's it's it is a little like here's a little treat. Um, this is an easygoing, nice thing, and that's good to have. We need these, especially these days in the trauma tour. Uh, we need more of those kind of movies. But I'm excited for him. I think they I think everyone involved with the Ant-Man's deserve a little uh, elevation. I agree. And I like, I, I've only seen Ant-Man and the Wasp like one time, honestly, because it is this thing of if I'm going to go rewatch an MCU movie, I'm not necessarily jumping to rewatch that one because even though it has some really great elements, it's like the, the story is just so small scale and so often its own little corner that I'm like, I, I don't know if I need to revisit this. But like the idea, like we've said on the show, it's almost like a reverse Ragnarok of we're going like from we're taking this lighthearted kind of small scale story and we're making it darker and more serious and more consequential. And so I'm excited. I'm glad he kicked up the door 
I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I mean, there's, there's, if you read like Avengers Forever, there's more than one Hank Pym in that story alone. Uh, this makes sense that, you know, Ant Man would get to play a part in it. And I'm really excited to really explore the quantum realm. And the, like, I feel like the doing this as a big Avengers level film, as Peyton Reed is putting it, um, makes it more exciting, gives it just more, so much more opportunity to add to the MCU in like like just the mythology of the mcu in ways that i really really want to see so with kang dynasty not far behind it's like all right bet let's 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 get it all set up here i'm here for it it feels like the movie that's going to move the needle but who knows i, I don't even we'll see if you're we'll going fa- to start phase five you want it to start with like this big like thing yeah. so it makes a little bit of sense there too i think that makes you know? sense that makes sense this I, it also could have been the last movie of phase four in a sense, like in that in that regard, I mean, like they usually the event is the end of the phase. Now maybe the event is the start of the phase. WandaVision was the start of phase four, and now Ant Man. Well, who knows when Secret Invasion is starting? But but then wasn't technically Far From Home the end of phase three? Yeah. Well, yeah, so... they say that's like the epilogue. Yeah. Okay. It's the I still think, I think holiday special. Yeah, okay. I think ending with Panther and then having the Guardians holiday special be the epilogue was the right way to go in the grand scheme of things. So and so then the uh the first like episode or two or whenever it happens of Secret Invasion be the prologue for 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 phase <laughs> maybe whatever whatever wording you gotta use to help yourself sleep at night. All right. Uh yeah, nobody thinks I I spent I, I say that, but I'm the one who spends more time thinking about this than anyone ever needs to. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, some words from Zoe Saldana, some words from James Gunn, and then we're gonna talk a bit about everything that's going on in the DC universe or our universe about the DC universe. <laughs> so see you in a minute. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Welcome back to Phase Zero, Season Two, Episode Fifty, Second Half of the Show. We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. We're going to talk a little bit about all the DCU chaos. So, first of all, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three confirmed again <laughs> to be a farewell uh, this is what zoe saldana had to say about it at the avatar the way of water junket these characters i love your other your your, your marvel character with gamora we just got the guardians 3 trailer i do have to ask that trailer hit me in the feels i know how does that compare to what we're going to get from that film is that an accurate representation of that story it is an accurate representation it's a farewell and <sighs> um and james gunn is is a really good writer um and um and and he really likes to write just, you know, human characters with flaws, and you're definitely going to get it. 
And in a way, like it's gonna be a nice conversation about, just like Avatar is, when it comes to look around you. It's not just about your journey, it's about the journey of your environment and the people around you, and maybe animals and nature around you. And, and um, so it's gonna be really nice. That's Rocket and Groot and they're dead. <laughs> I, I literally thought you and Zoe were about to start crying I know, together. seriously. Oh, he was about to get emotional. Yeah. Also, she's such a pro for bringing that background to Avatar. Uh, yeah. They, man, when I when when actors do that, it's like, oh, they've been doing this a long time. Yeah. But like, but I thought both of you were gonna start crying. Yeah. I mean, listen, this movie's gonna hurt. This movie's gonna hurt. And then Sam Worthington's just sitting there, just like, okay, like, because <laughs> 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 the two of you are almost sobbing. Zoe is always like this very nice, very very nice interview. Uh, but yeah, I mean that, that like it just sounds like this movie really is like I, I don't think this one's getting overhyped because people aren't overhyping like the event nature, the cameos, the ties to the MCU. They're talking about the characters, which is the most important thing. And oh my goodness, if there's one movie I could watch tomorrow, I honestly think it would be this one. But then I'd want to watch it again for the first time in May. So whew, 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 whew. it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. On top of that, James Gunn, he said to EW recently because somehow EW was able to manage a to get a uh, interview with this guy he's he's been a little bit busy uh he said quote i felt like <laughs> i felt like uh i needed to tell rocket's story i would have been very sad to not complete the trilogy for many reasons but i just feel very connected to rocket yo this man's about to kill our favorite raccoon you can't kill a raccoon that's like rule number one you'll be the villain <laughs> i don't believe it i'm standing firm that rocket is not going to die I'm saying it here. I'm saying it now. And when I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, we can talk about it then. But for until that, until May, I'm a firm believer that Rocket's living. James Gunn kills all his own favorite characters. He killed Groot. He killed Yondu. Rocket seems to be next in line. James Gunn loves animals. He probably wants to send a message that's like, look what happens to animals because people are dumb. <laughs> and that's probably what's going to happen here. I, I'm not ready for it. I just want I just want Rocket to have like the most epic hero's death like humanly possible. Like there was a tweet going around after the trailer that was like Martin Scorsese is going to watch like Rocket Raccoon say goodbye to his family of like wrestlers, multicolored women and Chris Pratt. And like he's going to be like, I get it. It's cinema. And it's like, honestly, though, that is going to just be like, I hope it is going to live up to the hype is it's going to absolutely destroy me. I just feel like Rocket and Drax both have the kind of most. Uh, granted, I don't know the story of Volume 3, and this is the movie that if it gets spoiled for me, I'll be more pissed off than anything since Endgame. Uh, but Rocket dying, like he gets to be see Lilo, we're going to understand his past, we're going to understand how he became, you know, the character we know him as, and he's the father to Groot. So there's so much emotion already packed into that. And Drax, I could fully see Drax having like a full circle thing with how Dave Bautista has been very open about not wanting to do it. And having like a, you know what, I can sacrifice myself, save this family that I took on, and go be with my family who was dead at the start of this. Whew. My goodness. My he, call, goodness. he called Rocket the secret protagonist, like dual protagonist of the trilogy, which I thought was really interesting too. And I'm like, you know what, that I could see that. I could. Mm. Which mm -hmm. also, oh no the furnace like superimposed the furnace part of toy story three over the top of us right now uh. like everyone's no one's ready no one's ready oh. kofi just said rocket dies self-detonating a bomb made from all those body parts he's stolen <laughs> maybe he's building himself a human body with all these body parts maybe that's what he's trying to do or build a human body for someone else 
I don't know. He's getting legs, eyes, arms. I think he just thinks it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Speaking of James Gunn, DC Universe. We, we, don't, we don't really talk about this much on the show, but it's been like the biggest talking point in our geek news circle for weeks now. It's getting a little crazy, and I figured, listen, it's our last news show of the year. Let's test the water and see if the people who, who, who are on Phase Zero care at all. And let's 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 talk about DC. And I think they do. I did a poll and most people said yes. For more on DC and all this stuff, every Friday you can listen to Comic Book Nation. Kofi Machinel, they host a great show over there and they talk about all things and DC's a big one, especially right now. Um, but I feel like all four of us and our audience have a lot to say about this. So I figured uh let's let's weigh in. Now I'm gonna run through a series of events here. Really quickly, uh, everybody knows the news. But just to preface what's going on here, just in case you only listen to our podcast and you don't get your news anywhere else, let's just run through this really quickly. It's not, I'm not going crazy thorough here, but just this interesting series of events leading up to yesterday. So, uh, and if I if I say something wrong, this was all out of memory that I added these bullet points into this. Please correct me. If I leave something out, please add it. I'm starting in October. Dwayne Johnson starts promoting Black Adam. And it's coming off kind of like he is in control or, or trying to, you know, really control a pocket of the narrative for the DC universe. Certainly wanted to have a little bit of say in the Black Adam stuff. And the way he was talking, it seemed like he wants to develop that with his people. He gets Henry Cavill back as Superman. He talks about how he had to push the studio to make that happen, to get a cameo with Henry Cavill. First time he's been in the Superman suit since 2017, I think. Pretty sure there was nothing in between. Uh, Black Adam isn't like a blockbuster hit by any means. It's really confusing on whether it's a profit or a loss. There's mixed reports about it. James Gunn and Peter Safran are hired as new heads of DC Studios. Wonder Woman 3 is rejected by WB execs. Confusion surrounds what actually happens. Patty Jenkins says one thing, reports say another. I trust Patty. I do think it might have been, you know, not super friendly between them when your movie gets rejected. It's okay to have an emotional reaction, in my opinion. Um, but Patty played the professional on Twitter, and I respect that with a statement. Uh, Gunn announces Cavill is being recast as Superman. He says in a comment on Instagram, he has not, quote, booted Gal Gadot from Wonder Woman. Still don't know if that's happening. He says also that they're not recasting everybody but the Suicide Squad, which could mean everybody's going or more people are staying than just the Suicide Squad. Don't know yet. Word goes around that The Rock unfollowed Black Adam and WB on Instagram. He replies to me on Twitter, why me, bro? Uh, and <laughs> tells me it's 100% false. He never followed them in the first place. I believe him. I get why he came to me. Uh, it was not really incredible places before that. And then my dumb ass went ahead and quote tweeted it and tweeted from the DC account on comic book. Um, and a couple days later, The Rock now announces Black Adam is not a part of Chapter 1 in the DCU with James Gunn. He met with Gunn, and he says we should all drink some Terramana, and he wishes the best to Marvel, parentheses, to DC, parentheses, and Marvel, and parentheses. Um, it's all, it's, it feels like this is only going to get messier before it gets cleaner, but I do think it is all going to get much cleaner. What do we think here? I think Jenna wants to go last. Yeah, yeah so I, I already told yeah, you first. at the start of the show. I'm like, Jamie and Aaron can go and then I can go because I can talk about this for a while. So uh, I, I will hit three points of how I feel about this. And I'll start with The Rock. And it's on one hand, I feel bad for this man because he tried to make this movie for so long. But the truth of the matter is, one, it was a fine. It was fine. It was not great. It was fine. It, it, it's a movie that exists. It's not offensively bad. It's just like, yeah, this is a movie. Um, and I, But I do think that the way that he like 
all was all about Superman and let's get it on Superman, I think was a disservice to what Black Adam is and and Shazam. And I also think it's funny that like Shazam was such a good, I love Shazam. It's one of my favorite DCU movies. And the idea of being like, um, I, I, I'm, I don't want to hang out with Shazam, even though that's the main point of my character, is like an ego thing that I, I don't think is conducive to these franchises. Um, now, the Cavill situation, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've never really cared about Cavill as Superman. I love Henry Cavill. I love him as The Witcher. Uh, the Man from U.N.C.L.E. is one of my favorite movies. Um, uh, but I I saw his performances, and then I came late to the, to the Christopher Reeve movies in my life. And when I first watched that Donner Superman, I was like, oh, my. Oh, I get it now. I get it at Superman now I this like and, and that's a performance of Superman and this mo that movie I loved and so losing Cavill doesn't mean anything to me I don't I, I feel bad for him as a human because he like it's sad that he went on this like little tour of I'm back all to be shut down but also I tweeted this and I will say it out loud again I like seeing the meanest worst corner of the internet lose they're not nice people um, and they're losing and you know what? Stay mad about it. That's, you know what? And my final thing about this, I think the funniest tweet I saw about this whole thing was why are people just blindly trusting James Gunn? Blindly? The man directed two very good Marvel movies, <coughs> very good Marvel special and a, a great DC movie and a great DC show. Peacemaker, I think might be the best, uh, comic book show of the year thing of the year I, peacemaker is a top tier thing for me that came out this year i don't know i people are so mad and i'm gonna say it again out loud come for me i don't care i don't think Zack snyder is a, is a good director i don't like any of his movies i think the best movie he ever made was written by james gunn and that's dawn of the dead and uh and i just don't like his visual style if you like him he seems like a nice man i'm not like i don't like hate the man i just don't like his movies so i love this path we're on all i care about is I'll be really sad if we lose Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. That'll be a bummer. I will be tragically depressed about it, uh, especially after she told me she wants to see a Poison Ivy romance. That would really suck. But you know, when you know what I'm not going to do if that happens? Get on Twitter and spend every single day trying to get James Gunn fired. And that's what I have to say about that. There it is. Right. I I... Agree with some of what you said and disagree with some of what you said. I I like Zack Snyder's movies and I love Henry Cavill as Superman. Uh, I I think especially like when Snyder actually gets to make his movie, it's good. But I think there's no like he should have known better than to make a four hour Justice League. I don't know what it would have been if he was actually trying to release it in theaters. But from a business perspective, that's never going to get released in theaters. No studio executive is going to release a four hour movie into theaters. I'm I'm like. It's just like if, if Avatar was two hours long, that's a whole other screening that could have been selling out all weekend long. Imagine if it was if any movie's four hours long. It's just not going to get released. I still I think Zack Snyder's Justice League is brilliant. It's a little indulgent the same way I, th I think Avatar is a little indulgent sometimes. Uh, but and with with The Rock on the Henry Cavill stuff, like I think it was a The Rock and his management team have ties to Cavill. They want to see him win. B, they also know. That's a great way to sell your movie. Like Black Adam is not a character that's tremendously popular in comics. He's he's been used before. People are some people like the character. He's not a mainstream character. So The Rock started pushing Black Adam as a mainstream character, and he also recognized 
being able to tease Superman returning is another way to sell more tickets. There's no debating that if Superman was not in that movie, it would have sold a few less tickets. I don't know how many. I enjoyed Black Adam for what it was. It's a two-hour action scene. I like The Rock. I think he was very good as Black Adam. But there was nobody in DC saying what should or shouldn't happen. You had Peter Safran working on Aquaman and Shazam. And you had, you know, uh, Kathy Yon making Birds of Prey, which pretty much didn't care anything about David Ayer's Suicide Squad. You had Patty Jenkins making Wonder Woman movies. And it seemed like none of these people were ever working in the same room. So it was just kind of like it seemed like The Rock saw an opportunity to go do his Black Adam thing. And he ran with it. And nobody told him, no, you can't do that. We're trying to make a story that's cohesive. And now the result is it was the DC was the universe was super disjointed. And now here it is like Henry Cavill comes back and then gets booted. The Rock puts all this stuff in and pushes and talks all this stuff about how much he wants to do it. He seems very confident in it. And now, well, at least for now, we're not doing it anymore. I don't know. I think Gunn has a very clear idea and it doesn't align with a lot of what has already happened and what, you know, The Rock and Henry Cavill and anybody else was really going to do. And he's the man in charge. And I think you're right. It's not blindly trusting Gunn. Gunn has made some very, two of my favorite Marvel films. I think The Suicide Squad was really good. I don't like it as much as everybody else did, but I still think it's a good movie. And I think Peacemaker was brilliant. So, oh, geez, okay. I, yeah, I we, I, we all have so many bit, But I want to hear what Aaron has to say. <laughs> oh, I, I I understand. And I'm going to give the people what they want, which is Jenna here in, in like two seconds. So I'm going to just go very, very quickly <laughs> that uh, in corporations and business and teams, if you've ever played any competitive sport, if you've ever been in a group project in school, the most important thing and it sometimes can carry you through is the appearance that you're all pulling in the same direction. If you do not have the outside visage of you all uniting for one goal, even if that goal, it might not be, you know, like everybody on the team might not have the exact same incentives, but you have to look like you're all going for the same thing. And the chaos that's kind of sprung up on Twitter and social media and everything around all of this it shows disconnect, it shows discord, and it shows disorganization. And hopefully the gun era can engender some of that because I just, I don't know how you run a successful business. I don't know how you give the fans what they want or even what they need without that kind of underlying undergirding principle of all of them pulling in the same direction. So I, I don't understand exactly. If this is what's been going on this entire time, dear Lord, I bet we do need Terramana. Rock, you can go ahead and say crate. We will shill for that. We will. I will. I've written up reviews. Where's my crate, Dwayne? Um, and without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the wickedly talented, the one and only Jenna Anderson, step to the mic. Give us what you got. Okay. I'm going to try to not make this one of those rants where I like talk so fast I can't fucking breathe. So I'm going to try to make that a little I will say to to BD's point about Zack Snyder, I BVS was one of my favorite like theatrical experiences. I gave Zack Snyder Justice League a four and a half out of five. I thoroughly enjoy it on so many levels, but the story that he was telling, both within the Snyder cut and in what he had planned for the sequels, is not a way to build out a DC universe. It is a basically a Lord of the Rings-esque kind of epic that culminates everything together and then definitively kind of puts a stop in it. There's still ways to continue it from there, but they would be built on this very weird foundation. 
he obviously didn't get to tell that, but so much of what's followed still has had to deal with the elements that he introduced. And I think Gunn and Saffron have this very unique opportunity to kind of break a few eggs to make an omelet. They have the ability to kind of come in and make the DC universe up to the potential of what it can always be. I think that there's there's always been this capacity with DC to be able to have a concerted universe that can have all of these characters, not have it be a thing where some are on the CW, some are on HBO Max, some are in the movies and there's no cohesion. There is a way to put all of these people together to tell a story that is like reflective of what the comics are. Um, and I think that there's a capacity to do that. I think the Wonder Woman 3 argument is a whole separate thing. I also think part of it, back to Aaron's point and to everybody else's point, there was no cohesion in terms of what DC's actual plans were. I don't feel like it was ever fully treated like a franchise the way that like Marvel is. I think it was treated as a thing to just make a couple of these per year them out for db and go from there but like now we have a concerted effort to actually do that in terms of whether or not Dwayne could return as black adam whether or not certain people are recast like i have a quote pulled up here from denny o'neill who wrote a bunch of justice league stuff in the 80s and is an absolutely iconic writer and he was basically talking about writing out snapper car who was like the teenage sidekick of the justice league who had kind of like grown too old and nobody cared and he basically said um instead of bothering to write somebody out just don't use them so I feel like this is kind of the situation that we're in where eventually if we wanted to, if we wanted to tell a story involving Black Adam, Dwayne could come back. But it just seems like whatever Gunn and Saffron's plans are don't involve Black Adam right away. So I feel like that's going to kind of be the path going forward of just like feeding in characters depending on that. But we'll see. I don't know. The Rock is 50 years old already. How long can you shelf him as, I mean, he's always going to be, you know, a, a, a physical specimen, you know, but, but if Schwarzenegger was, was looking pretty shredded up until, uh, I don't know, he probably still looks good now. Sly Stallone is in pretty impressive shape, but uh, you know, I don't know. It's a, if, if, if we're going to get a black Adam saga, it, it's, it's, when are we going to do it? But yeah, you make really good points. You make really, really good points. And thank you uh, for, for taking us to school. And you have a lot of lawyers in the comment section. <laughs> you know, I cannot believe Jenna dropped an F-bomb on the show before I, I did. I did, I did not. not. I did she not. Didn't. No, she didn't. Uh, she said no, ducking. Uh, I oh, am so right. sorry. Uh, I, I am her. so I sorry. Her. She said ducking. She's like ducking any trouble. I am uh, so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> listen. Here's the thing. This is the big question that's that 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 I think everybody's wondering: who's going to stay? Who's going to go in the DC universe? And to me, like, I know, I know, and I saw your tweet about this, Jenna. I know there's ways you can do it. It's just kind of like, okay, there's an event you could do, or you could just do it, whatever. But one thing they have to do over there is win the fans over. And I know, you know, everybody has their thoughts and their feelings about, you know, Snyder fans release the Snyder Cut people who are using that hashtag and they're loud. And sometimes many of them are quite mean, not all of them, but a lot of them. I, yes, 100 percent. There are some very bad eggs in that bunch. You have to win fan favor. So if if what, if what they do is just keep the characters that Gunn made. Those fans are never going to shut up. <laughs> like I don't, I, I, they have their work cut out for them, and I don't know what's coming. So I almost feel like, okay, I'm I'm caught up right now in the moment of, damn, we're losing elements of this that I liked. Like I liked The Rock as Black Adam. I liked Henry Cavill as Superman a lot. There's a lot of things in in the DC universe which I really enjoyed. Gal as Wonder Woman. Who knows what's happening there? Uh, but I'm trying to have faith because I believe in Gunn. I believe in Saffron that. Uh, the DCU is filled with Amanda Harcourt variants. Yeah, yeah, that's the comment there. Uh, no, it's not. I don't know. I, 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 
it's going to be tough to win that fan favor. You got to make a couple good movies, I think. I don't know that this 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 toxicity in the fandom is going to go away anytime soon. It's right now. It's just ripping a bandaid off, and that's painful. But when it's all healed, we'll 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 have to see what it looks like and what the what what kind of scars remain. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to have faith, and I do. Uh, I'm just right now. It's it's just it's just pain. A lot of pain. <laughs> anybody, just, anybody else got anything to say about the, the the state of the DCU? So the things that are still coming are the Flash, right? Yes. Joker two. Yes. And Aquaman Lost Kingdom, correct? And Shazam two and Blue Beetle. Oh, Shazam two and Blue Beetle. Okay. Yeah. Those are the things that are left. All right. Yeah. And then after that, we're just gonna do what the whatever the plan is coming January 2023, right? I mean, I always have seen Joker too as like it's it's just off on its own island. Like it has nothing to do with the rest of this conversation. I feel I'll, like so. I'll tell you what, I'm happy they gave the raise to James Gunn instead of Homeboy. I am happy about that. I'll say that on into a microphone. Goodness gracious, Todd Phillips DCU slate would be so different. <laughs> uh, that'd be it for me. I would be like, yeah. I'm out. I'm out forever. Yeah, <laughs> Goodbye. Are y'all Joker I would I... turn into a Snyderverse guy if Todd Phillips <laughs> was in charge. Are y'all Joker haters? I, I liked Joker for what it is. I just like Todd Phillips would not like. I don't need to see Todd Phillips's take on the rest of the DCU. It feels oh, like insane. in a Snyder-esque sort of way of like this would be very definitive and very weird. It would be interesting, but it would not be the way to like thread the needle of the franchise moving forward. I'm just happy we get Lady Gaga as Hartley because that is still the most galaxy brain casting in the world and i to jamie's point earlier i still think we still get marco robbie because i feel like she's one of the few things that people consistently love her in every single project she's in harley is the type of character who can like almost poke fun at the idea of like the world of dc changing around her and still having fun with it so i part of me has to hope like harley's not going anywhere yeah, there's a lot of pieces I hope stay in place. I just hope. Here's the thing. You, everybody's thinking maybe Flashpoint can do it. Whatever, you know, you can do a crisis event to do it. I would love for, like, any. I get it. That would make sense. You only get one chance to tell a Flashpoint story for the first time in a movie. The Flash TV show already did it poorly. Yeah. So, like, think about what Marvel did with Civil War. If you earn that and you have characters and you understand their dynamics and you understand why they're so different in these other timelines and why they're at war and why that me why that's such a crazy thing to see, and all the like other people who become superheroes because their kids died and not them and things like that. Like that's just I, I would love to see that be earned and not a device, not just strictly a device to reset, but I don't know. I I have a lot of things I want to see. There's a reason why I'm not in charge of DC studios. Because I don't, I don't, I don't know how to do all this, and I, I do believe that Saffron and Gunn are going to complement each other really well as leaders on this. And I think what's going to come of it will, at a minimum, at a minimum, be a more cohesive, expansive universe. Uh, to to the point Jenna made about Justice League, it was ver a very linear story that Snyder was telling. I agree with that. That said, it did also kind of feel like it realized a lot of DC stuff. I, but you're right; I don't think it gave a lot of room for spinoffs and other things to really fit in there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. The state of the DCEU right now, or DCEU, they don't even call it that anymore. DCEU, yeah. Whew. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting couple. The, the, the weeks, as the weeks roll on, this news is going to keep coming. And I suggest everybody hit that Comic Book Nation uh, show every Friday. And we have a DCU on CB Twitter account, which, which drops all the news. And Jenna, of course, is dropping all this stuff and her takes on Twitter. Um, I don't know how often we will, we will, if ever again, talk about DC on Phase Zero here. 
but, but we appreciate you bearing with us. Anybody else want to say anything before we wrap up today's show? I would just like to say that um, of all this, the thing that makes me saddest is that we were supposed to have a Keaton renaissance and yeah. that seems to be dying. And I am bummed about that. But again, I'm not going to spend my life on Twitter complaining about it, but I am sad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Batman Beyond would have been cool. Yeah. Would have been very cool. That's that's the biggest thing that makes me sad about this. Between this and just every, whether it was something Snyder had planned, something The Rock had planned, something anybody had planned, Henry Cavill it's a story of missed potential mm-hmm. really is what it feels like an unused potential untapped potential, but we're starting over and James and Peter are betting on themselves and Warner brothers are betting on them. And you know, hopefully they deliver, hopefully they deliver. And I think they can. So, all right. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for watching today's show. Please subscribe to our channel on YouTube, Twitch chat. We see you too. I'm just trying to build that YouTube channel. I'll say it every week. Thank you so much for subscribing to us. Uh, next week, most marvelous moments of 2022, the final show of the year, a look back at all the chaos in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right here on Phase Zero. Thank you for hanging with us all year long. We love you very much. Jen, any last words for today's show? Um, go read some comics, go give some comics for Christmas, and go watch Glass Onion on Netflix this weekend. Um, I know people who followed me on Twitter saw it when we saw it in theaters a month ago. It was the worst theater experience I've ever had in my entire life. The rowdiest, worst people ever. It still was one of my favorite movies of the year. That movie rules so much. I cannot wait to rewatch it. So go watch it that weekend. And I am so sorry that I, that I said ducking, apparently. Yeah, be <laughs> my off-mic version of myself like popped off in, in the middle of that there, and I didn't even realize it. So. Benoit Blanc is on the case, and he did not detect <laughs> And it's, hey, it's Jenna Lynn. If you want to follow me, I promise I don't I don't say ducking on there. So, <laughs> Jamie, what you got? Um, Jamie Cinematics on uh, Letterboxd and Twitter. I say ducking all the time on those, uh, <laughs> on those social media sites. Um, uh, the fifth episode of Willow just dropped today, and it's got a really fun connection to the uh, to the film. So check that out. And um, I think by the time this episode is next episode, it'll have been the a lot of big holidays have happened. So uh, and have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and uh, and if you don't celebrate those things, uh, have fun doing what you're doing. Love it. Aaron. Uh, it's at something like Horner on Twitter. Uh, I would like to say go on Friday and watch Kofi and them do this live without a net on Comic Nation. It will be very funny. He said he's gonna watch they're gonna watch the great year for DC in 2022 segment while taking shots on air. I don't know if Jim Viscardi is gonna let them do that, but I'd <laughs> like to see them try. Also, if you like any of the WB animated stuff that comes from the DC universe, go get that on DVD right now because they're taking Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and Batman the Brave and the Bold off in January, which means Aaron had to go buy some Blu-rays. Physical media supremacy. Man, if uh, if it wasn't going to be three degrees in Nashville on Friday and anybody was going to be in the studio, I would be joining CBN for some shots. But <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, it's going to be snowy. Look at that physical media behind Jamie. Jamie's got the best wall of movies. I love it. All right, y'all, that's our show today. See you next week for the most marvelous moments of 2022 at Phase Zero CB on Twitter. If you want Marvel news all day long, comicbook.com slash Marvel, youtube.com slash C slash Phase Zero. Leave a five-star review and ask a question, and we will answer it in early 2023. We love you all so much. Happy holidays. Have a safe weekend. Hit me up at Brandon Davis BD if you want to talk more. See you next week.